0: Welcome to the Time Variance Authority, I'm Miss Minutes, and it's my job to catch you up before you stand trial for your crimes. So let's not waste another minute. Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and
1: check this out. Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities.
0: And you can find magic in your everyday life.
1: If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way.
0: We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine.
1: Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 297. I was going to say it's a Marvel Monday. It's a Marvel Thursday episode because we were waiting for the finale of Loki to have this discussion.
0: And honestly, I don't think we could have waited until Monday to talk about all this stuff.
1: So in today's episode, we are going to cover Black Widow, our review and thoughts and what we think it might mean going forward. And then the back half of the episode will be Loki. We're going to try to split it up half and half, but honestly, like my mind is 100% on Loki right now.
0: Yeah. So if you have not watched Loki at this point in time, stop everything that you're doing and go watch it. I don't know how you've made it this far without watching it. Congratulations, I guess, because I feel like that's an accomplishment, but definitely go watch this and then come back and listen because we have so much to unpack.
1: And the same goes for Black Widow.
0: Exactly. Well, yes.
1: So let's start with Black Widow. I know that's hard for you. You want to talk about Loki, but let's start with Black Widow. We'll go in the order that things came out. Okay. This, this was our first time back in a movie theater in two uh, years?
0: Yeah, we we think we came to the conclusion that the last movie that we saw in theaters was Frozen 2, which would have been December of 2019. If... We recall everything correctly because typically we're not huge movie goers anyway like we're not the kind of people who go to the movies to see every little thing but big disney movies we do typically go see in the theaters and that was the biggest one that we could think of before you know everything happened basically
1: so we went to the amc at disney springs which is a pretty nice movie theater. I will say...
0: It's a huge movie theater.
1: They have a lot of screens. And they are gearing up, and they're ready for everything. Jungle Cruise, posters everywhere, and...
0: Space Jam.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about we Space Jam. We saw a big
0: Space Jam a poster board. That was pretty cute.
1: So, I guess just initially, what was it like? Are you glad that we went to the movie theater, or would you have rather have done it on Premiere Access?
0: I've been very vocal about my love for Premiere Access Because it's everything that I could ever want. I'm in the comfort of my own home. I can have my own snacks, my blanket.
1: Your corgis.
0: My corgis. I can stay in my pajamas, which I love. But I am glad we went to the theater to see it because the sound is better. I mean, it's an action movie, so you want a nice big screen. And I feel like right now this is the only movie that you could have convinced me to go back to the theaters for
1: about Jungle Cruise?
0: I'm a little iffy. And I think part of it has to do with our experience. Not that it was a bad one, but I do think like so many other places right now, they were a little understaffed. And it wasn't quite what we would have expected from a Disney theater, you know, a a movie theater on Disney property. So maybe, I don't know. There there are some things that we are taking into consideration moving forward.
1: Yeah, and just to be a little more specific, it's like they were sold out of a ton of stuff, so they didn't have much candy or things available. Their Coke machines were out of Coke syrup, so like you were just getting carbonated water after you already paid for your soda. The trash cans were overflowing. Nothing like that was a deal breaker. Like We still had an excellent time, but it's just little things like,
0: It was like, this was our welcome back to the theater, you know? So I loved the outside. We did all the little photo ops and everything. And again, I'm glad we went to the theater for the actual experience of getting to see Black Widow on the big screen. But I do think back to all the other movies that we have just done premiere access. And it's like a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's comforting.
1: We watched Luca on a plane.
0: We did. On an
1: iPad on a plane.
0: And it was awesome. It was still a good experience.
1: Okay, so going into this movie, I think I was excited, but probably more so just excited because I knew this was the start of the next phase of the MCU. That finally, this is what we have to get out of the way so that we can get to things like the Eternals and Multiverse of Madness and Spider-Man and all these things that I was super excited for. So... I think I was just excited to see new Marvel movies again, but I wasn't necessarily excited about the topic itself or, you know, the story and character itself on Black Widow. So I would say my excitement level going into this was like a like a 7 overall, but it's bumped up for all those reasons that I just mentioned. It wasn't really about Black Widow, the story itself.
0: And that's where I feel like I'm a little bit different from you. I was genuinely excited about learning about Natasha's past. I was excited for Budapest. I liked the trailers where you kind of got a glimpse into, like, her training. I knew there was going to be a sister involved, and I'm a sucker for a sister movie. So, I mean, all of those things just kind of compounded, and I was hoping for, like, little – cameos, you know, or little glimpses and to a certain extent, you know, we got some of that flashback and they made references to the Avengers, which I thought was super fun. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the MCU, but also to me I'm a little sad now that this is over because I know that this chapter of the MCU is kind of officially closing.
1: So this is a big talking point in our house where there's a lot of shifting going on. So we have Sam taking over to be Captain America. I guess by this point, if you haven't seen Black Widow and you haven't turned it off, I assume that you're okay with spoilers. (laughs) We're going to see Yelena become some version of the Black Widow. So there's a lot of these shifts taking place where they're kind of handing down the mantle. We assume that's what Hawkeye is going to be like where Clint is handing it off to Kate Bishop. And I am excited about those things. You are a little more nostalgic, I guess. A little? A lot more.
0: I'm very nostalgic. And it is kind of sad, because I feel like I was late to the Marvel party. You know, I jumped on board later on. I'm still very much just still jumping on. And I almost feel like, They're leaving without me. (laughs) Like, I feel like I just found this and then everything's changing. So, I liked that I had the opportunity to go back and learn a little bit more about Black Widow before moving on.
1: So, since we mentioned Yelena, she stole the show, right?
0: She was, I mean, superior. Everything that she was in was just made better. I think she was the perfect addition of just, like, pure sarcasm. And, again, just, like, the dynamic between the two sisters, like, you could tell she had it harder. She kind of had the chip on her shoulder. She wasn't super thrilled about Natasha being an Avenger. And you could kind of see that struggle in their relationship the whole time. But it was still funny.
1: Well, I feel like Yelena was the perfect character where she didn't – she was a star in her own right, but she didn't take anything away from Nat's story. Like, she just enhanced Nat's story instead of being a distraction.
0: But I feel like they were particular with the way that they portrayed her because she was very likable, and I think it goes back to what you said earlier. We kind of already know, moving forward, she's going to be the main character I feel like she didn't necessarily overshadow Nat or the fact that this was like her movie and her time. But I don't know. I feel like some people would say that she stole
1: the show. I mean, to a certain extent, I can see that. But I don't know. I I feel like the movie had to have her. If Florence Pugh did not play Yelena so well, I mean, it's hard to even imagine. But I feel like the movie... Wouldn't have done very well. I mean, we found this perfect mix with a lot of, at least our personal favorite Marvel movies, like Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. They have this humor element embedded underneath on very serious topics. And I feel like Black Widow did that very well again. And without Florence Pugh as Yelena, I don't think that happens.
0: So let's say we didn't have Yelena... Do you think, because I feel like Alexi and Melina, their characters were pretty humorous as well. You don't think it would have been enough?
1: I mean, Alexi probably could carry a lot of that. But again, you almost needed someone there to make fun of Nat along the way, like making fun of her stance. Opposing. Yeah. And to poke fun at that, you know, Nat had this, very dark, you know, complicated past and she just kind of left that all to become this superhero that was she was known around the world for and it Yelena brought her back down to earth, I feel like.
0: It did give her almost like that connection back to her previous life because I almost feel like with the direction that the movie was going, obviously Nat was running away. I feel like that's all she wanted and unless Yelena got her back involved with everything. I mean, she never would have gone back to. She didn't. Was that Budapest? Is that where they were?
1: Yeah, that's where her and Yelena went to.
0: Well, see, see, she never would have went back there. And that was probably the number one thing that I wanted out of this movie was closure on this whole mystery. That was Budapest. Isn't that what everybody wanted? Isn't that the only reason anyone saw this?
1: And do you think you did you get what you wanted?
0: Absolutely. They. I feel like they ticked all the boxes.
1: So, I guess their first encounter there is with Taskmaster. Let's talk about Taskmaster. That's the worst part of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's one of those where I feel like if you got rid of Taskmaster. What would have been lost? I feel like we had a very similar conversation when we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, if we would have eliminated, what did we say, the kids, that little group, like, what would have been lost? You know what I mean? Like, you still have the overarching problems with Drakov, but what would have been lost without Taskmaster? I feel like absolutely nothing.
1: Well, and it was an interesting twist to have it be Dreykov's daughter. However, I feel like there's so many different ways that you could have done that. You know, he could have just said, oh, my daughter's still alive. She's a Black Widow. Here she is. You know, I brainwashed her. Now she's under my control fighting my battles for me. I didn't necessarily think that she had to be Taskmaster. And honestly, my biggest complaint with it is how long was Taskmaster on the screen like I would be shocked if it was over 10 minutes of screen time and she had four lines of dialogue at the Just very right there end. at the end four words of dialogue I guess that's what I should say and leading up to this you know living in Disney World going and seeing all the Marvel merchandise and everything Taskmaster was everywhere like everywhere it was Nat and it was Taskmaster side by side everywhere and it you was that re-
0: final scene where they were like falling from the sky and it was super dramatic I mean I feel like that scene alone is the only reason we had taskmaster was because it was more dramatic than her fighting an old rich guy
1: and I feel like if you replace all that I know you have to have a a villain like people latch on to the villains in these movies but think about it, if you replaced all that merch with Alexi Red Guardian stuff or with Yelena merch like sell her vest you know
0: with the with all the pockets
1: yeah and i feel like that has a better i mean i know these merchandise departments know what they're doing but it almost seems like a memo was lost between the screenwriters and the merch department where they're just like hey, screenwriters, who's the villain in this? And they just said Taskmaster without really explaining. It's really a diversion. You shouldn't market Taskmaster that much.
0: But again, the villains sell, which is the whole point. And I feel like they were also trying to take it a step farther by giving you the feel-good moment at the end, which I don't necessarily think Nat needed. I don't think... That was missing. I mean, obviously, she felt bad about thinking that she killed the daughter, but she even said that she had accepted that that was just kind of part of the damage. Now, obviously, we know Nat better to know that she was probably still hanging on to that, and again, maybe this gave her a little bit of closure, but at the same time, I don't think anything would have been truly missing if, you know, if that wasn't, like, the big reveal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I almost think I would have preferred if his daughter was just a, a widow. And but, I mean, this is it.
0: bad, but was she too ugly to be a widow? Like, since she was in the fire, and since, like, all of that did happen.
1: I don't know. I mean, because I almost think that the fire and the, and the scarring and everything just has more to do with, playing into that taskmaster role. I almost think you could have just put her as a widow. Like, It's hard to explain, but they didn't have to make her look that way.
0: Well, that's true.
1: I mean, because it's interesting. I mean, the actress who played her is Olga Kirilinko, who's like a very well-known actress. She was a Bond girl in one of the James Bond movies. So for, I don't know, to get that big of a name for that little of a role. You almost think like a lot had to happen. A lot of scenes had to be cut or something. It's almost like they planned for more.
0: I was going to say that's kind of a letdown. She was probably super excited when she got the part and thought that she was going to be a villain in this Marvel movie. And then you never got to see her face or hear her talk. And I don't know much about how the stunts work on something like that. But would she have even been doing all those stunts herself?
1: Probably not.
0: So, like you said, screen time. She probably had...
1: A minute with her mask off.
0: Yeah. I mean, what a letdown.
1: So, I mean, this is a topic we're going to cover later, but we can cover it now. Do you think there's a Black Widow too?
0: Oh, is that a possibility? No, I never... No, I never thought that.
1: So you could have the daughter and Yelena and all these other Black Widows working towards something. Or, you know, they're going around the world finding all these widows and freeing them. Or it could be just something completely different and it's just basically following Yelena.
0: I obviously like the idea of continuing to follow Yelena, but I don't necessarily know if that's a strong enough story for a second movie. Maybe like a Disney Plus series, although obviously we're going to get into this later. Even that sounds a little weak compared to the other things that we've gotten.
1: I almost just think Antonia, and now I remember Dreykov's daughter's name, not just Mrs. Taskmaster. <laughs> Antonia, I don't know. There has to be something more that they're doing with her. Like, she has to show up in something in the future.
0: Do you think she would still be bad, though?
1: No. I don't think so.
0: So she's been redeemed?
1: Well, I don't think she ever was bad. I think she was just under his control.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that's the whole point of the anti-Venom stuff.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, Taskmaster is just the biggest thing. It's like, why? Why? None of that made sense.
0: I feel like there is one more thing that we need to kind of circle back to because we did jump over it rather quickly. As far as cameos, now there weren't a whole lot, but there was one character in particular that I was a little surprised to see again, Secretary Ross. And I feel like you called this one. General Ross. General Ross. Why didn't I say secretary?
1: Well, maybe he's a secretary.
0: I don't know what he is. Wasn't he
1: a general at some time?
0: I feel like he was in Hulk. Ross. The military Ross guy who's in charge of everything.
1: So I have, we haven't watched many theory videos or anything about this yet. And I don't think you've even seen this one. I didn't show it to you. He looks sick, doesn't he? He doesn't look well.
0: I just thought it was because he was old.
1: He looks very skinny and like not well. And so there is a line in the comics where he becomes chronically ill or uh, terminally ill, I believe. And he takes the super serum and becomes Thunderbolt Ross, the leader of the Thunderbolts. So if you want to... We talked about the Thunderbolts extensively after Captain, uh, Captain American and the Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I almost feel like they're still, that almost makes me think they're still heading that direction.
0: Well, are we ready to talk about the end credit scene yet or do we want to hold off? Because I feel like that leads into that theory.
1: Let's talk about Red Guardian first. Okay. David Harbour is amazing. I know you don't watch Stranger Things. But he's amazing in both of them. He's maybe my favorite actor. Like,
0: Hold your horses. That might be a bit much.
1: He's so good. He's so funny.
0: He was quite funny. I am honestly surprised at the very beginning of the movie when he was like running to catch up with the plane. After everything that we've seen with all of these super soldiers, how that thought never crossed into my mind. Did you know that that is where it was going? No. Okay, at least so it wasn't just me.
1: No, whenever they said that he was Russia's super soldier, that that was the first time I learned of it. I didn't catch any hint of that beforehand. Again, it, we're not comic readers, so that's why.
0: That's true. I just felt like as soon as they said that I was like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't that like smack me in the face? Like he ran and caught up with the airplane and rode on the wing." I
1: just thought he was What a kind very, of
0: dad does that? Yeah,
1: I thought he was just a very devoted dad.
0: Well, and but then he handed over his girls, so well, not yeah. that devoted. And
1: that was a red flag.
0: That was a red flag. Overall, I think he definitely provided a lot of comic relief. I liked the interactions where he was still trying to be like father figure-y, but it was almost, I mean, it was painful and awkward, but he still kind of redeemed himself. At the same time. Like he was really trying.
1: Well, I think it was very interesting where both him and Melina had, you know, they had devoted their life to the Red Room and to, you know, all these causes that they believed in. And, you know, honestly, it was Yelena and Nat sharing how much they actually like screwed up their lives. that. They thought that all of their family stuff was real and it was, they actually felt love for them. It was that that made them actually realize what they had done, I think.
0: More so Melina, I feel like. I mean, Alexi definitely got it, especially with the scene where they were like singing and it was like heart string tugging moment. But I feel like even more so Melina. Because she was kind of the, you know, she was a super scientist. She was so devoted to her work. She kind of had like blinders on. like you said, so much so that she did not even realize that these girls that she was raising were basically the guinea pigs. Pun intended, because she had pigs. Like they were literally testing on these girls that... You know, maybe, obviously, she cares about them, and we saw that towards the end. Maybe she didn't realize it at the time, but, yeah, it kind of came full circle.
1: What did you think about that realization that Nat, and presumably Yelena as well, were stolen from their homes instead of, you know, unwanted or whatever that might mean?
0: I feel like it wasn't super surprising to me. You know, just because Marvel is a little bit dark and obviously Drakov is quite dark. He's going to want the girls who are going to have the best like success rate. So I feel like it's not shocking for them to be like, oh, that one over there, you know, or I don't know exactly what metrics they use to figure it out, but it wasn't. Like, oh, what? You know, like, it wasn't a complete shock. Mm-hmm. Were you shocked?
1: I mean, a little. I don't know. I just thought I, I, I didn't think about it up until that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I had never thought about it either. It's just I didn't feel like it was groundbreaking. Like, when she said it, I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know?
1: All right. So you ready to talk about what this means going forward?
0: Let's do it.
1: So the end credit scene probably has the biggest impact on everything going forward. I think you can kind of put a pretty hard separation. The The movie itself is basically explaining why Nat was able to sacrifice herself. And it completes her story arc. and you understand more about her? Yada yada. The end credit scene with Valentina, I think, it plays into a lot of things that we've talked about in the past. The Young Avengers are happening Valentina's building her own crew.
0: These Thunderbolts.
1: We think they're Thunderbolts. I'm we, pretty
0: I'm pretty convinced.
1: Maybe they won't be called the Thunderbolts, but there's some version of the Thunderbolts. These, like, anti-heroes. You know, people who are maybe neither good nor bad, like a John Walker. He's bad. No, he's not. He's bad, bad, bad. No. And Yelena, I think it's interesting, but through their conversation... She has been working for Valentina before. So what do you think that means?
0: I mean, I think it pretty much describes Yelena's situation. She, again, is not necessarily good or bad. I feel like they reference this a lot in the movie where, I mean, Nat had done some pretty terrible things. She killed tons of people. And, like, they always reference back to... Like, oh, well, now you're an Avenger. You think you're good? You think you can just get rid of that? So, obviously, Natasha's team good. But I feel like Elena's still trying to find her place, too, where she is doing good things. Like, she's trying to release the widows. She got out. But I feel like, to a certain extent, you have to be haunted by what you've already done.
1: And six years have passed between that.
0: So I feel like she's still... Looking for that. Or maybe, you know, she finished doing everything for the widows and she was probably somewhat lost. And I feel like anyone who's lost, kind of like a John Walker, makes them an easy target. She's obviously got a good skill set, which is how Nat became part of the Avengers. And I feel like that would just make her a good target.
1: So I guess the biggest question still remaining is what will she do with this information or this? task to go hunt down Clint. I feel like it can go a lot of different ways. Either, surely, I mean, and Nat told her to a certain extent that, like, they went to Budapest together. Surely, Yelena would know that Clint was Nat's best friend. Like, her longest ally. They both entered S.H.I.E.L.D. around the same time. Like, they were ride or dies.
0: But, we also know, thanks to WandaVision, that grief Does something to a person.
1: So obviously at some point, Yelena is going to go meet Clint and either she's going to be going with the intention to kill him and then they talk it out and they realize they're on the same side or she's going to like double cross Valentina and go to Clint and basically say, hey, I was given this task to kill you. Let's work together. I I feel like
0: both of those situations that you just described are the same thing. Do you think there's any situation where Yelena goes and kills him?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: Well, then I feel like that's all we need to know.
1: But I think her intentions matter. Is she going to actually try to kill him? And she just, you know, and you can see Marvel's done this so many times. They're fighting and they say, you killed my sister. And Clint says, I didn't kill your sister. And they go, wait a minute. We're Buddies, (laughs) Buddies, <laughs> we're on the same side. They've done that so many times. I am I mean, I hate to say it, I'm kind of like tired of that storyline.
0: So you'd rather just
1: I'd rather her double-cross Valentina? I'd rather her take the order and say, you know, go to Clint and say, hey, I was given this task to kill you. I know that you're actually not bad, but you need to know that Valentina is now hunting down the Avengers. Like, that's her goal now. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where you get things uncovered and they, you know, then cross paths with Sam and Bucky and say, hey, that John Walker guy's working for her too. And maybe that's where we start putting all the pieces together about these new teams forming. And then Kate Bishop, who is going to be Hawkeye's protege, is going to play somewhere into that as well.
0: I mean in that scenario I feel like that gives Yelena a very big role. I mean again it's almost just like she's repeating what Nat did because she kind of started it all with the Avengers, the original Avengers.
1: I mean I think that would be an awesome role for her is to kind of be that organizer of the Young Avengers. So go, you know, hang out with Kate Bishop and meet Wiccan and Speed from WandaVision and you know, meet uh not US agent, what's uh Isaiah's grandson's name? I don't remember. Patreon. You know, start putting that team together. And I think that'd be a good role for you, Elena.
0: So do you think that would take place in a movie or in one of these Disney Plus series?
1: Um, I think it's gonna be both. I don't know. This maybe is a good point to cross over into our Loki discussion. I feel like Loki broke the seal in terms of with WandaVision and with Captain America and the Winter Soldier. You could not see those, and you could watch the movies, and you could keep up. They could. I know WandaVision and Captain uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier to a certain extent were very impactful, but both of those you could summarize in a 30-minute segment. You know, hey, Wanda's dealing with grief, and she kind of went crazy. Hey, Sam struggled with taking over the shield, but he has it now. Explain. (laughs) With Loki, now, if you go straight into Spider-Man or Multiverse of Madness, and you haven't seen Loki, I feel like you're lost. I don't think you can explain that in a short, you know, throwaway scene. And so that's something we talked about a long time ago when they first started announcing these Disney Plus series was they kind of said, they're going to be enhancers to the movies. They're not going to be replacements. You can still just see the movies, but they're going to be enhancers. And I almost feel like Loki crossed that line now where you got to watch these if you really want to keep up with the MCU. And so that's why I think, You can see Yelena cross back and forth between series and movies.
0: Which I do think that would be very interesting. And I mean, to even think back to like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when they kind of hyped up Valentina as like a huge cameo, if they are going to use her much more moving forward, I mean, I guess I could see that a little bit more because we did have the conversation that Black Widow was originally supposed to come out before any of this. So we would have already have seen Valentina once before. So it's weird to think that the two would have been like flip-flopped. Yeah. Do you think Valentina's Hydra?
1: Yeah. I love, I really want Hydra to come back.
0: Come back? I feel like they never left.
1: Well, that's very true. I, I
0: feel like it's always there.
1: I mean, it's it's like the original thing. Like, that's the original conflict. When you go back and watch Captain America, the first Avenger, it's the first thing. You know, you don't see it as much in Iron Man, but it's there. I mean, it's something that Howard Stark deal, dealt with. So maybe this is a, a, a hard stop that if you haven't seen Loki, now's your time put a pin in this episode, press pause, write down the time that we're talking <laughs> and come back after you've seen Loki episode six. Wasn't it awesome?
0: It was so great. It. I think it gave me everything that I was looking for. If we were going to sum it all up in a sentence, I feel like that's the sentence that I would use is it gave me exactly what I wanted, which is so strange because I feel like Marvel never gives you exactly what you want to a certain extent. But I feel very good about where things kind of ended.
1: Well, that's kind of why I said the thing that I said before about this now impacts the movies. With the other ones, they hold back from you. You know, they don't show you Mephisto. I know that's almost like a meme at this point. And they don't show you the thunderbolts. But in this one, they kind of laid a lot of it all out on the table. They introduced us to a version of Kang. Is he the Kang that we're going to see in all the movies? You know, yes and no, but
0: I feel like, and you have to say yes,
1: but I mean, I feel like that's very, that's a big deal that they did that. in a Disney plus series, that is a big deal.
0: And this is where comic book Marvel people rejoice because I feel like they stuck to everything to a certain extent. I feel like they were so detail-oriented that I feel like your heart just has to sing a little bit.
1: Well, there was nothing in Loki where you felt like they were pulling the wool over your eyes, like a... uh, Her brother, WandaVision's brother. Quicksilver. Yes. (laughs) I don't know why I said (laughs) WandaVision's brother. Wanda's brother. Pietro. You know, it was funny, but it was still like, seriously, like you led us down this path and then you didn't do anything? I feel like everything in Loki, they haven't shut anything off. Everything is still on the table and they did answer a lot of our questions as well. It was like just enough of a cliffhanger that it, it's, I don't know, I feel very good about it.
0: So the question is, how far back are we? Do you just want to talk about this final episode, or do we need to mention our hero, Alligator Loki?
1: I mean, I thought we were going to do a full episode number 300 of Detour and Neverland's coming up. I thought it was just a whole hour talking about Alligator Loki.
0: I mean, I'm down. Do we need to pencil that in somewhere?
1: Yeah. I mean, that character was made for us. We have a dog named Loki. And we We're love,
0: alligator obsessed. And we love alligators.
1: So Alligator Loki, I know a lot of people think that you're the biggest Alligator Loki fan out there. You're not. We are.
0: <laughs> I hate to break it to you.
1: I love everything about Alligator Loki. I've seen every Alligator Loki meme that there is out there in the world. And I love all of them.
0: They're so great.
1: But, I just,
0: I feel like that was done so well with all the different Lokis. I feel like... If I were to be in a room full of Lokis, that's exactly what I would have expected. Like, they're all a little dumb. They're still kind of mischievous. There's only, what, three or four out of the whole bunch that are worth hanging out with. And the rest of them, I was trying to think of what it reminds me of. Almost like a Lost Boys kind of situation where they just, like, fight with each other and, like, want control the whole time. That's almost what it reminded me of.
1: But they're fighting for nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing. Yeah, they're fighting for like an underground hideout, basically. For the glory.
1: Yeah. I mean, it I don't know. I just loved everything about this series. I really don't have any complaints about it. I
0: have a complaint. What's that? I need to know why Sylvie pushed him at the very end after they kissed.
1: I mean, so we discussed this earlier today off air. We have kind of different opinions. I just think she was blinded by rage, that she's so mad at Kang and the TVA that they ruined her life. They took away her life and her timeline and everything involved with it. And I just think she couldn't handle that. You think she has some sort of, like, ulterior motive, right?
0: I mean, I don't know if I truly believe that or if I'm just allowing myself to say that because I almost don't like that answer. But throughout the entire episode, I mean, even at the very beginning, kind of where she was hesitating to go in and she had to tell Loki, like, stop and shut up because this was a big deal to me. I mean, I feel like that makes sense, that theory. It's very straightforward It totally makes sense. Again, like it checks all the boxes. But I still just feel like based off of, what episode would that have been? Like three? Was that the one where it was like the big branch and they found him?
1: I think that was four.
0: Was it four? I just feel like based off of that and they had this connection and I know they have a lot of problems with trust and everything. But I still feel like there was enough there that it should have been something more, you know? Well, almost like the whole series had been building up to that.
1: I think you also just have to keep in mind is that Kang is a master manipulator. Like that is his skill. Is manipulation. So, I feel like that went exactly how he wanted it to go.
0: With like splitting them apart. Splitting
1: them apart and he wanted her to kill him because it would allow him to come out in all these different versions and truly conquer all of the different multiverses. So I almost feel like he just played them and it it was you know, he got the best of her emotions.
0: Okay, maybe I'm coming around to your point of view.
1: I mean, I think that's an important thing to note is that this went exactly how King wanted it to. He's not the loser in this situation.
0: No, I completely agree. Because I mean, so do you think he was lying when he said like he didn't know what was going to happen next? You think he did know still what was going to happen next? Um,
1: I don't know if he knew what was gonna happen next. I just think it gave him he knew that it was the best opportunity If we know him from the comics, his goal is to conquer all of the different multiverse lines. And by breaking it apart from the sacred timeline, he allows himself that opportunity. So, I don't know. I think the whole thing was a lie, honestly. Like, I think they don't want—he doesn't want just one timeline. He wants the multiple ones. And he knew that that was a way to break it all open.
0: Well, then I feel like the whole TVA is still a mystery. It's still a big ruse. Why would it have been created in the first place if his ultimate goal was to create and conquer all the timelines? Why would he ever just make one?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, that's where we're not getting the full story. There's something still up.
0: And Miss Minutes knows it.
1: Yeah. Well, She's holding
0: back information.
1: We know for sure the next movie that Kang, the real villain Kang that we think is going to be in these movies, happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, which doesn't come out until 2023. I looked Good. it up. Good. So, you know, is it going to be something where in all of these movies we see a version of Kang, you know, trying to conquer that multiverse, and then we see them all come together, or you know, some version of that in Quantum Mania, where they're trying to conquer conquer the quantum realm, or does he just sit in the shadows until then, and basically they've bought themselves some time, saying? All right, all these new timelines branched off. There's a king in each one, and they're all working. You know, it's they've got to have time to build up their powers.
0: So, do you think we'll continue to see Loki?
1: I think Loki will definitely be a multiverse of madness. I think Sylvie probably will be too. It's so hard. I think hard that's to say. when they'll
0: get reunited.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's so hard to say. I think Spider-Man's going to be really telling. I because know-
0: that's going to be the first one that we get that deals with all of this that has just broken apart from WandaVision and Loki. Because yeah. I feel like we still have to remember they mentioned the Nexus events and they've already called Wanda a Nexus. So I feel like... I cannot just leave my girl
1: behind. And the Eternals might play something in it as well. And Shang-Chi might play something in it as well. The only thing that is kind of holding me back from jumping into this is basically like the new Infinity Saga is that Kevin Feige did say after Endgame, he said, We're done doing these like huge, drawn-out storylines like the Infinity Saga that took, was it 12 years? 14 years, something like that. He said, we want shorter story arcs that we do it.
0: The question there would be, what does shorter entail? Because from what you've already said, we're already, we've been introduced to Kang now and potentially we have to wait three years for him to be seriously featured in a movie. I don't know. 3 years is a pretty prolonged period of time if you ask me.
1: But it's short compared to the Infinity Saga. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, it's 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 exciting. But you remember Thanos was introduced years and years before Infinity War.
0: Yeah, cuz what movie did we just watch that he was in? Like Wasn't in it, one of the end credit scenes. Isn't
1: it Guardians? I think the it was Guardian? the first Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
1: So, I mean, they lay that groundwork early. And I think, I,
0: guess, I think it's just usually we don't know. Now we know.
1: You, well, you're saying like we've seen the formula for how they build movies up?
0: Kind of. And I don't know. Maybe it's just more speculation and maybe I'm just more involved in it now than obviously I ever was. But I feel like now, like, we almost know what's coming. Or we hope we know what's coming.
1: We probably have no idea.
0: Well, yeah, that's been, ultimately, I feel like if nothing else, that's what these Disney Plus series have shown us, is that we think we know, but we truly don't.
1: Yeah, we have no idea. They
0: always have the upper hand.
1: So looking at these next movies, which one are you most excited for?
0: multiverse of madness really even though i think it's going to be a little scary
1: it is a horror movie
0: but i you said not truly horror
1: like a thriller i think more so
0: thriller it's a thriller movie
1: are you dancing right now
0: absolutely i just think that's my best chance at seeing wanda and loki again in the same movie and i think it's going to be mind-blowing I just, I think whatever they're concocting is going to be super cool.
1: Cooler than Infinity War?
0: Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. My question right now is I want to know what is going to happen with Renslayer and Mobius. I feel like our other bases are somewhat covered, as in, we're definitely going to see them again.
1: Don't you feel like they will probably be self contained within Loki, that they'll just be in season two? I, I mean, don't, maybe I can't foresee them jumping over to movies.
0: You don't think so? Because Owen Wilson, again, is a big name.
1: He's a big name, but he's as crazy as it sounds. I almost think he's too big of a name to like commit to something that big. Like I don't think he wants to be like Robert Downey Jr. and like this take over his life.
0: Well, that might I, be true. I
1: don't know. I don't know Owen Wilson perfe- uh, personally, but I just can't imagine him.
0: Actually, he's on the other line. Let's just ask him.
1: Wow. <laughs> Ciao. <Ka-chow. laughs>
0: <laughs> so you just think we're just gonna have to wait until Loki season two to see what they're concocting again.
1: Yeah, and there better be more Alligator Loki and a jet ski scene.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, I think I was so enthralled with the fact that they gave us Kang that I completely forgot about this jet ski scene. I think that's why they did it. I think that's why they gave us Kang so that they didn't have to give us a jet ski.
1: And not put Alligator Loki in episode six. Ugh. The other thing that we didn't see, there was a trailer of King Loki. So standing at a throne and we never saw that
0: was it like a fan created no that was thing, real though?
1: from Marvel so either that's in season two or it's a diversion or they cut it out
0: I'm gonna have to watch this
1: you think I made it up
0: maybe I didn't maybe you misinterpreted something
1: I mean I think i I think most likely it's a it fell on the cutting room floor when Miss Minutes was describing what would happen if they got input back into the timeline. Because she said, "You know, you can rule Asgard, and maybe oh, so you he would think have it pictured, was like a
0: vision.
1: He pictured like what that would be like." Hmm. By the way, did you realize Miss Minutes is also Timmy Turner, same voice actress?
0: What?
1: Tara Strong. No. She's played like everything under the sun. Uh, she was Bubbles and Powerpuff Girls as well.
0: Wow. That's really cool. No, I didn't know that. That's a good fun fact. So, Miss Minutes, we haven't talked about her. She's definitely pulling some strings. I'm still not not convinced that she's not behind this in some way.
1: Well, and it almost they almost left the door open where I feel like, King could not even be the end game here. Yeah. Like, there, he could have been put there by somebody else.
0: By Miss Minutes. I mean. Because how did he end up there? Obviously, he's smart, and like you said, he's very manipulative. But someone would have, I mean, how did he beat out all the other kings? And where are they? Because all the other Lokis are in this desolate wasteland fighting with each other were all those kings put somewhere else where are they being held
1: well the question still remains also is how did mobius get into the loki void this that's one of my questions is are voids you know specific to a being whatever you want to call it like is that a loki specific void or is the void just the void I almost think that it was Loki-specific. So how is Mobius there? Unless he is a yeah, Loki.
0: You love that theory.
1: I think it'd just be awesome.
0: Do you think Renslayer is still working for Kang?
1: No, I think she's in the dark. But I think, think she will become loyal to Kang.
0: Because she just feels so like strongly convicted by what she was doing for the TVA. I mean, do you think that that is truly like what it's about? Like she just feels like there's more.
1: I almost feel like with her it's that she is so far invested that she she can't imagine a different reality. She can't imagine that she lived a life before then. I mean, speaking of which, that scene Jaw on the floor. That was wild.
0: That was crazy. That was very sneaky. That was like a sneaky way to kind of out the TVA. You know, like, surprise, you wouldn't believe us, so here it is. You have to see it for yourself kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's like what was B, I can't remember what her number is, 152? 52?
0: Something like the main.
1: The main hunter. Yes. I mean, she's up to something, too. I mean, is she just going to bring the light to all of the TVA employees that you were real people before this to get them to turn against them?
0: I do feel like that was her main objective, is that her and Mobius were kind of in the same boat of, we just have to take down the TVA. Like, we have to stop this. Now, past that, I feel like that's where their planning is kind of bad because I don't think they have a plan past that. I think they just outed, you know, the TVA hunters to the fact that Renslayer is not who she says she is. They all had lives past that. But all of these people have no way of knowing what their lives were because Sylvie was the one who was showing them. So... They're not really going to have answers to their past, and I don't necessarily think any of them are going to know what to do now.
1: So do you think Kang knew that after Sylvie killed him that there would be this timeline where he conquered the TVA, like the reality that Loki got put into? Or do you think that was just happen chance?
0: Oh, so... I don't know. So you think that's where he was put? That's where Sylvie sent him?
1: Well, yeah, the uh, big statue was Kang. Hmm. Which we do need to give credit. That actor is Jonathan Majors, and he was brilliant. So good.
0: He did it well. I don't don't even know if I have a good word to describe his
1: performance
0: or like the character himself.
1: Well, what I'm saying is that Almost now like this- like Mad
0: Hatter-esque.
1: Yeah. I mean, this reality that Loki is in now, Kang doesn't have to be in the shadows. He's just leading the TVA, mm-hmm. which I feel like he prefers. You know, he doesn't have to have the timekeepers or any, you know, ruse. He's just out leading it. So I don't know. That's but, why I almost feel like it's part of his plan.
0: But at the same time, do the TVA workers know why they're protecting the sacred timeline?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: So many questions.
1: It's like a ball of yarn you keep pulling at and it just... It
0: keeps, keeps unraveling.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I know you're not going to agree with this, but this is the best Disney Plus series so far.
0: I do think, I think there are some strong arguments for that case. I I can't just be like, you're wrong, because I do have to think back to WandaVision, and although I absolutely adore it.
1: You adore it or Elizabeth Olsen?
0: Well, you know, the two are kind of intertwined at this point. But I do think this series was better as far as having a more cohesive story.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. If nothing else, you can at least say the writing was better.
0: Yes. Where there weren't so many loose strings. It wasn't like the final episode. And we had like 12 things on our list that we needed answered. They never, like you said, they never tricked us just for the sake of saying something that they didn't mean, you know,
1: the best thing. Best thing during all this is the actors weren't out talking to the press saying nonsense. Elizabeth Olsen.
0: Do not. I knew that was coming. So I think in that standpoint, I completely agree. I feel like what I liked about One Division is that it was very like emotion heavy, you know, and it gave us that deeper understanding of Wanda herself, whereas we kind of already knew these things about Loki because we've already seen his character progression over the past few years. And even though they had to fast forward that a little bit, I still feel like we ended up with that Loki. You know, so I feel like the Loki that we're following now is the same Loki that was killed by Thanos. You know, whereas in... Wandavision, we kind of got to watch that unfold. So I like almost the emotional connection more, if that makes sense. In okay. that in that series.
1: But Loki was pretty emotional too.
0: More so than WandaVision?
1: I don't know if it's more so, but I do think, you know, just seeing him realize that Thor and his mother maybe not Odin as much. But Thor and his mom definitely love him. And he came to that realization. And
0: But we only saw that in the first episode. I
1: know. And I and And he learned to trust someone like Sylvie. Even though she pushed him into a different timeline.
0: Do you think she regrets it?
1: Uh, she better. <laughs> she better be running back to Mobius just like Loki did and said, We made a huge mistake. Help. <laughs> We're about to unleash a multi dimensional war.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see her character development next. I feel like we still have a lot to learn about her.
1: Okay. Last question. Okay. When does it happen? When does this bust free? We know in Spider Man we're going to see the Sony multiverse bust open. We're going to see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. When do we get X-Men?
0: Oh, my goodness. No, I refuse.
1: It's happening. I
0: spent so much time worrying about these X-Men.
1: We're at least getting the Fantastic Four because we know that movie's coming. So the X-Men have to be close to follow.
0: But again, what does close mean?
1: 20 years
0: from now. Yeah, five years from now, 10 years from now. What does close even mean?
1: And it seems like we're getting Deadpool.
0: That is something that you mentioned earlier.
1: I'm very excited about that.
0: So ultimately, I just feel like... I don't know. I just feel like the hype is still very much real. This is kind of the last Disney Plus series that we're going to have for a while.
1: What if? But that doesn't really have an MCU tie-in.
0: No, but that will be super cool. So I'm excited to watch that. But I do... I mean... They haven't announced any new dates for
1: Hawkeye. They just say late 2021. I believe Hawkeye is next.
0: So just later this year.
1: I believe both Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are supposed to come out before the end of the year. Okay. And then I think she Hulk is after that.
0: So it's still picking up, I guess.
1: Which one are you most excited for?
0: Obviously Hulk, she Hulk. Although that kind of weirds me out a little bit. What do you mean? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I don't like change. I just like my Hulk.
1: I think Bruce will be in it.
0: He better be. He has to be.
1: I think he'll be Professor Hulk like he was at the end of Endgame.
0: Which is pretty funny.
1: Yeah. All right. Any other final thoughts?
0: I don't think so. I guess just buckle up because this is going to be a wild ride.
1: So we thank you for so much for listening to us ramble about Marvel for the last hour. Hopefully we made some coherent points along the way. Let us know what you think about Marvel and the MCU and Loki and Black Widow and everything at play right now. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate an iTunes review. It's absolutely the best way to help the podcast grow. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will be going to Disneyland soon, doing vlogs and everything involved with that. So we'd love for you to have to check those out. So thank you so much for listening, and we will chat with you on Monday.
0: Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show.
1: Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit detourtoneverland.com.
0: We appreciate you letting us be part of your day.
1: See you real soon.